week or once every two weeks or something like that? I just started the recording. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I just got off the consultation today with somebody where that, that subject of like TRT versus like sports TRT, how that all kind of like what dictates what type of thing. And uh, I guess nobody really, you know, nobody's really explained it to me uh, in a way that I thought about it. So like, you know, where all of the premise of uh, you can be on year round on this slightly higher version of TRT, you know, 200 or 300 milligrams of, of testosterone replacement therapy. And, and we're all going to be good. And that to me is slightly right. And also at the same time, a little bit irresponsible because every single person is going to be like, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll just stay on 300 milligrams year round. And I, I just recently went through an experience where I couldn't train or do anything for nine weeks. Do you think I stayed on 300 milligrams a week for, for those nine weeks that I literally was just sitting on my ass? Absolutely. No, not. there's no reason to. Yeah, yeah exactly. at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like I literally have no, no use for any of that extra, uh, um, you know, androgen. It's not doing anything other than causing the side effects that we're trying to avoid especially because I'm not even exercising at all. Like there's no cardiovascular burning through. Like all I would have ended up with was a high hematocrit, a high hemoglobin for, for no reasons and dropping my HDL for no reason. Uh, again, just because of lack of activity. It's one of those things where some, some people like to take some time off after the big meet. And that's totally cool. And at that time, you know, like literally time off, like they don't do anything for a little while. Um, that's not a time to be on 300 milligrams at all. It's time to actually go to real TRT, which is, you know, 125 or 150, depending on how big you are, and just literally just replace your testosterone and literally get all the recovery that you're going to be doing if you're not doing anything. So what would you say is too high for TRT, athletic TRT? Let's say you're super active, you're 300 pounds, uh, crazy strong. What, what would be too high where you're like, hey, you don't, you don't ever need more testosterone than blank on a year-round basis, not for a short stint? Yeah, so on a year-round basis, I would say I would initiate, like, and again, you can trial and error this to see where you're at, but I would dictate it on not so much the dosage of testosterone, so like, uh, you know, three milligrams per kilogram. So let's just say just so for easy math, you're a hundred kilograms, you're 120. Okay. So that would be 300 milligrams. But if 300 milligrams, like if you regularly are getting tested and you're always on just your 300 milligrams and there may be other anabolics in there, but not all of them turn into estrogen. The thing that I pay attention to is how do you feel and where's your estrogen at on that milligram dosage? The upper end is where I would cut it off where the moment you are suffering from nipple sensitivity, or um, like potentially get, emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're getting a little bit of actual estrogen side effects and you go and verify, yes, my estrogen is a 90 or a 100. Then I would say, let's cut it back 50 milligrams or 100 milligrams, depending on where you're at. Let's say you worked it up to 400 and you're getting these side effects. Then I would cut it back to 300, see if the side effects go away and then retest your estrogen, you know, because it'll take, five to six weeks for it to level out. And then at that point, you're like, okay, my estrogen level at 80 
or 70 was perfectly fine. This is my upper, this is my upper limit of testosterone. Don't ever go about that. Yeah, no, and I, and I agree. And estrogen, um, a lot of people just throw in the AIs or the estrogen blockers basically because that's what everyone tells them to do. You want to keep your estrogen low, but estrogen is really important for beta oxidation. It's anabolic. Um, it has a very big, big impact on your dopamine, which I am constantly talking about dopamine, but has a really big impact on your dopamine receptors and the way that, that, uh, that all works. So don't just throw in an AI for the sake of throwing an AI. We do, you basically want your estrogen to be as high as you can without getting any kind of health risk. It's really good for your lipid profile. Um, I'm sure I'm missing something. If you guys think of something, but, uh, but we do want your estrogen high. Yeah. I, I was going to say, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is also, it's, it's, a uh, it's, it's like, what's the word for it? Either muscle preserving or like muscle sparing when you're in a caloric deficit as well, I think. So like yeah. I, me being in like a, a kind of tangentially in the uh, bodybuilding world, so many people that are dieting into shows, they want to crash the fuck out of their estrogen so hard because it dries them out. You get drier when oh, yeah. you, when you remove that estrogen and it, and it absolutely visually, it makes you look leaner, harder. Like it, you look, you look leaner, but if you do that for too long, uh, and, and stay in a caloric deficit at the same time for too long, you can literally kind of undo all of the shit you work, not undo it entirely, but undo a portion of what you've worked your fucking ass off to achieve in the off season and sac- you lose tissue, you'll lose, you'll lose fat, but you'll also lose muscle alongside, alongside of it. Yeah. And, and I mean, so it comes down to like, I would, I would almost say like it, that, that can be accomplished without the actual AIs themselves, the actual drug that's going to drive, because, so I have a, again, this is not proven. So it's not, it's just a theory that I have. So some people use aromasin, which is a suicide inhibitor. Um, so that actually goes in and tears the machinery apart that makes your, your, uh, aromatase enzyme, uh, and make, it makes it inefficient. I have a theory that people that use that particular one, uh, for long periods of time, um, actually end up with subpar estrogen production, even when they don't use it anymore. So in other words, they can take 500 milligrams of testosterone, their estrogen still like in the twenties or thirties, which is pretty low. Um, and, and so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, it means they could run a ridiculous low high dose of testosterone and get, and get you their estrogen, you know, barely into the seventies, taking almost a gram of testosterone, but it comes back down to like, if you were going to do that and you needed to do it on a bodybuilding show, obviously I'm, you know, they do whatever they need to do to get the look that they need. But if you're already going to be crashing your estrogen, you don't want to be taking lots of letrozole or lots of uh, whatever. So switch to shorter. And I'm sure a lot of guys already do this. They short, they switch to a shorter uh, ester testosterone. So that then they can get rid of it three weeks out and it's out of their system within a week and a half, 10 days of the competition. And now a little bit of letrozole does a lot because there's very little uh, conversion. And that timing on that's probably spaced backwards a little bit, more like probably like four or five weeks when you actually uh, remove your testosterones and then add in a little bit of estrogen or I mean a little bit of uh, AIs. 
But leading up to that, you know, say eight weeks out, you switch over to your short acting testosterone. You can run a pretty robust dose of testosterone, keep your estrogen as high as you can up until the point that you remove the testosterone, the short acting testosterone. And I, I think I think a lot of people, uh, I think AIs don't get talked about enough, honestly. Like at least in like general like general conversations surrounding PEDs, or at least like strength sports or like physique sports in terms of PEDs, because most, most from what I've seen and talked to people about, people are just kind of like, oh yeah, I got I got to take my aromasin, got to take my arimidex, gotta gotta keep that stuff in, you know, because like. You know, if you take tests and you're, it, 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 it aromatizes. So if you increase tests, it's going to increase the estrogen. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But, but there's, the, 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 there are additional side effects that come with that, that additional chemical you're putting inside of your body. Like the, 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 the uh, negative health effects that come with uh, aromatase inhibitors are sometimes, sometimes, not always, but sometimes just as bad, if not worse, than some of the side effects that come along with the actual steroid use that you're on. Absolutely. It's really harsh on the lipid profile. It will lower your HDLs just like almost just about like Winnie would. Um, very, it can be very, very harsh. That should be, that should be like the last resort. Like you really, you really messed up and your estrogen's way too high. And uh, that should be a last resort thing. You don't just throw it in for the sake of throwing it in. Yeah, and, and it's definitely not one of those things where even if you're a bodybuilder and you know you're going to be using it, it's not something that you start 10 weeks out, you know, or 12 no. weeks out. You know, just like I said, you always want to set yourself up so you can use the least amount possible right at the very end. Um, and then so, you know, back on like TRT, you know, we talked about like, you know, activity level, all that type of stuff. Another thing that... Um, I almost would say should be deeply considered for both men and women in their TRT. And at this point it'll switch to HRT, which is a low dose of growth hormone, just alongside of your replacement dose of testosterone, just because they go hand in hand. Now, you know, obviously if you're not needing to get bigger or more muscular then you know, that's optional, but most of us, are trying to get more muscular. So it's just common sense. Even like one unit of growth hormone becomes affordable to pretty much everybody. And, and for women, you know, one unit is quite a bit, you know, that that's going to do a lot, you know, even if they're not on TRT, you know, taking their testosterone replacement, when they start augmenting their growth hormone, they can be on that for quite a long time. If they're active in doing things, uh, if, you know, just, doing their normal work and that essentially is like just a background of hey i'm going to be replacing my growth hormone type stuff i'm going to be replacing my androgen type stuff and then that essentially takes care of like long-term steady state for a whole year or, or years on end yep i would absolutely second that yeah for sure yeah. So, uh, oh, and, and part of the question though, with the TRT was, um, the, I, and tell me if I'm wrong, but, uh, how often do I inject like once a week, once every other week, yeah. twice a week? Um, again, that's going to start with what kind of testosterone you're using. Right. And the most common is probably cypionate or enanthate. Um, but I think Joe, you, you inject just about every day, right? Just small dose every day. 
Uh, David, I think you just do once a week. Is that right? Yeah, and it, it, at that point, it just, like for your actual TRT dosing, it just comes down to personal preference. Like I know literally all of those people, you know, people that like to inject yeah. every day. Uh, you know, they just split up their, you know, 300 milligram dose or 200 milligram dose across all five days of the week. Or you have people like me that's just like, I, I don't, I, I just don't find a problem with it, injecting it, you know, one ml or a little bit more once a week. And, and it's perfectly fine. So I just do it that way. It really comes down to personal preference of injection and a little bit of variability on how much you aromatize and how much you don't aromatize. That, yeah. that's, that's exactly what I was going to say, because for me, I like to, I like to inject, even if it's like, even if I'm on like my, my quote unquote sports cruise, where it's, I'm like 250 to 300 milligrams per week. I still like to inject that every day, just because personally, I seem to be more sensitive to swings and like peaks and val valleys in terms of like high blood concentration of like testosterone paired with high blood concentration of estrogen paired with dropping down. And then like, if I do it only once a week, I seem to get more estrogenic side effects. I'll get like, I'll get like more like oily skin. I'll feel a little bit more watery. I'll, I'll, itchy have, nipples. I'll have, yeah. Yeah. Basically like sensitive nipples and whatnot. But then if it's, if I knock it down to pinning every day, they, they simply go away. And I, I've, I've, that's my own personal experience. And I know, I don't know, David, were you ever, were you ever like a big dude, like a fat guy? You never were, were you? No, no, I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I know Jake, you've been skinny all the time. I think part of I mean, I, yeah, well, I can't, I, I can't speak on this definitively, but it is like, it's one of those interesting things. Cause I, I went through puberty as a fat kid. So like if the, the, higher body fat percentage you are it's, it's seemingly sometimes like the more estrogen sensitive you may be or at at one point in your life if you were high body fat percentage or you might be like prone to it or you have the uh, adipo adipose cells that just exist in your body it might cause a little bit more uh sensitivity to estrogen or something really that's that's been my experience and i know other dudes that have bumped their pinning to every day and it's pretty much, they've been like, I don't get acne anymore. I don't feel as watery. I feel better. And it's, it's that like that feeling that's, that's important. Mm -hmm. A lot of it. No, and that's actually correct. Cause the actual, the aromatase, the enzyme actually lives in a fat cell. And the thing is when, when you get fat um, and you lean back out, you actually don't get rid of the fat cell, it just deflates. Um, right. and it becomes like an inactive cell, but the aromatase can still, can still reside in there. So um, I mean, you're onto something and is it bad to pin every day? No, absolutely not. You may as well. Like it, it doesn't change anything. Your total consumption for a week, a week. is so like such a weird thing. Anyway, we just decide to do things by a week. Um, if it's every five days, three days, however you want to do it, as long as your average daily intake is the same, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. We, we, you know, which kind of, you know, I think I could get away with dosing mine every 10 days and probably to be totally fine just because I tend like, even when I come off. So like I've gone in the last three years, I've gone through a period where like, I don't pin anything for like six weeks. Uh, and then I'll go get my blood work done. And so I didn't pin anything. And I'm, my testosterone is still like up in the eight hundreds. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> for six weeks. So I know I could get away with 
dosing my TRT every 10 days and be totally fine, especially because I don't suffer, you know, those ups and downs. Uh, but yeah, yeah you're a hundred percent right. That's what I was going to get at with what Joe was saying is it, it literally can be, you have more fat cells to begin with, which have more aromatase enzyme. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, that does affect you. Whereas other people that never have been fat, you know, to the point where they made a bunch of extra fat cells, they just have a lower aromatizing ability. And so it doesn't affect them quite as much. Um, I, I totally believe that. Yeah. So ba basically the takeaway with this is, is if you seem to be estrogen sensitive or experience a lot of like estrogenic sides, maybe increase the frequency of your bidding. See if that helps before you add in AIs that might bring about a lot less, a lot less, preferential uh, side effects than you would be okay with. Because if you can take care of it just by making yourself pin more frequently, great. If that's not the answer, then explore others. Yeah, yeah. And then at that point, it would be, I, I personally would be like, well, let's lower your, your testosterone dose a little bit and replace it, you know, because so another thing that people ask me about with the whole, you know, sports TRT thing is uh, they're, they're testosterone sensitive you know, either directly to testosterone and causes the blood pressure issues or whatever, or to the estrogen from the testosterone. So they, they can only handle, let's just say 150 milligrams of testosterone. I'll be like, well, let's use, you know, 150 milligrams of Primabolin to make up the difference or 150 milligrams of Masteron or whatever other choice that they happen to need that kind of makes up the total milligrams of this is how much we want to kind of be putting pressure on you year round. And honestly, so, and then the other thing that I've had a question with is, you know, the highest dose possible, you know, of testosterone comes back to the estrogen equation. Uh, that's kind of individual. And then the total milligrams for, for um, your cruise, however you want to call it, uh, really comes back to the stress that it's putting on you. Um, if, it, if, if you literally get your blood work and like all your markers are perfectly fine with whatever you're doing, you know, your training, your cardio, your eating and your milligrams that's going on. Well, you're technically not stressed out. So you can technically be like, Oh, 400 milligrams of this combination coupled with this type of training that I'm doing is essentially something I can keep up for a very long time and see more than natural progress in the long term. So uh, uh, the big, you know, when I say, what are you looking for when it comes to stress? Um, it comes down to like your liver enzymes. You know, if they're, if they're in range and you're taking that much drugs, I would say you're doing damn good, especially if you know your drugs are, are good, you know, and most people are not going to fake testosterone. Most people are not going to fake, you know, other anabolics that are easily able to get at. Um, so if you're able to run, you know, three, 400 milligrams and you're, uh, liver enzymes are good. Your cholesterol and uh, HDL in particular is good. And you're recovering well and your digestion is good. Like you're just, you're not getting heartburn when you work out. You're not getting bloody noses. You're not, your blood pressure is fine. I'm like, hell, you could run that all year round. And people are like, and that would be safe. I'm like, yeah, your body's telling you it is. Yep. Right. And that can change, right? Throughout the year based yeah. on other stresses and whatever. Absolutely. But, so it can yeah. be a very yeah 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 but that's what you have to keep track of is like and that's you know that's why i said stress and you know a few markers to keep track of 
because stress is such a pliable thing, you know, all right. of a sudden you, you know, you, you get, you know, divorced or something. Now, all of a sudden that 400 milligram dose is going to put stress on your body because you're getting more stress from other places, you know? So then it comes back to, uh, you know, I'll just give an example, like another reason why I dropped my 300 milligram dose to like barely 125 is because I had an external stress. I had uh, EBV that got flared up, which is, you know, mono essentially. And so I had a big outside or internal stress uh, going on that was stressing my whole body out. I didn't need or want extra stress. I didn't go, want to go hypotestosterone either, but I just wanted just enough to make sure that I was in the middle of the range and nothing more so that I wasn't giving my body extra stresses. Yeah, for sure. And that's, and that's, uh, that, that is kind of the thing, like you are, you possess the wherewithal to like identify those stresses and understand like how to, uh, modify those things like as, as the environment and like by environment, I mean like you and your training like changes. Uh, and I think, I think people, th this is just more of a, more of a testament or more of a reason for people to get regular blood work and actually have a reason why, as to why they're doing the things that they're doing. Because if, if you just, if somebody who's on there, I'm cruising, I blast and cruise, that's what I do. And then if this person is pretty much on 250 milligrams of testosterone for, for their cruise, let's just say it's that for forever. And then they, their life changes and then they start to feel shitty. If they are just thinking that as normal and that is like the typical thing that cannot change, they're just going to keep doing it and they won't change it. And they'll, they'll explore every other Avenue, but a lot of people don't even realize that you can basically replace testosterone for another anabolic that could be just as beneficial, if not more, more beneficial in like a sports cruise. Like I, me, for instance, I like two thirds of my anabolics right now are primavolin. And if I tell someone like, oh, I'm cruising and I'm on test primo and DHB, they're like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, no, it's a fucking a cruise. What the fuck are you talking about? And it's, it's like, yeah, but I'm on, I'm on 100 milligrams of sustenon. 200 milligrams of uh, Primo and 50 milligrams of DHB or whatever it breaks down to, which averages out to my, my level of a sports cruise. And it's, and it, and specifically tailored to me for reasons, but like that are just specific to myself. But if people don't know that they're even able to do that and even further, they don't know how to manage that or do that themselves people are just going to keep doing the same old shit and get the same old side effects. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's what HRT has got to come down to is it can be very individualized to your circumstances and, and, and your physiology, like what you can handle and what your goals are and, mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we pretty much covered a lot of ins and outs of like how to set up your TRT slash HRT for, for long-term, for actual health at that point, you know, at that mm -hmm. point, that is, that is the whole point of that is you want to be as healthy as you can be while still being able to make progress. And sometimes that means lower the dose to the very bare minimum in my case, as an example, uh, so that you can get as healthy as you can. So that then later you can set, you know, set up for a peak, you know, a uh, thing that you guys talked about on your guys's uh, podcast with Mark Bell, you know, you always have to have a valley before a peak 
And sometimes that valley has to be dug pretty deep because of all the other circumstances going on at that particular time in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, shit like that right there, you can kind of think about the circumstance that I'm in, like how deep of a valley I'm trying to dig. So, because I, my peak is so high, my, my, my desire to peak as high as I can and break all time totals, whatever, blah, 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 squat 900 pounds. I don't know. So I'm like, I have to, I have to dig that valley, like as deep as I can go. So like before the podcast started, we were talking about me removing caffeine, me taking music away from myself while training me, uh, like basically scraping all the joy out of your life, just, (laughs) just eliminating everything that I derive pleasure from basically. And if he doesn't kill himself, gonna be awesome exactly I'll, I'll either I'll, I'll i will i will what will i do i will adapt or die uh-uh. <laughs> yeah yeah no but now that's a that's a very very good point it's one of those things where when you start thinking about it that way you can quickly you can you know as coaches you can start setting people up better as as individuals it starts telling you a lot more about what you're what you're actually looking for. That's probably an important thing, you know, as far as like looking for, like when people contact you for coaching or whatever, I've just got to be honest. A lot of the time they don't really know what they're looking for. They just want help with whatever, you know, they think they need help with. But as far as like, after, after you've worked with them for like two months, you're like, Oh, this is what he actually needs or she or whatever. But, you know, they can't really express that because they don't understand. And, and it's not so much that they don't understand. They just don't know how to put that into perspective of like what we offer, you know, as far as training or, or, or you know, help with, in my case, you know, help with drugs or whatever. It's one of those things where the, the, the goal is I just want to be big and strong. And like, okay, but where are you right now? Like what's going on? <laughs> and that, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I've been I've been doing a lot more um, consulting with some some fairly big name powerlifters, right? And at, what I've seen a lot is people are getting very obsessed or even addicted to the peak. Um, going back to the whole peaks and valleys thing, right? Where I, I've encountered a, a few people, like yeah, I've been on you know trend for like two years now, and I'm like, why? <laughs> oh, because every time I get off, I just feel weak. And I'm like, well. Like you can't just be strong all the time. Right. And, and now that trend is like barely feels like it's not really even doing anything. Right. But like, yeah, I just, I don't, it doesn't feel like it's doing what it used to. And, and that comes back to, you know, peaks about it. It's okay to not feel strong year round. Right. Like you don't need to be able to squat 837 pounds year round. Right. Like we're the, you really do need to dig those valleys sometimes. So don't, don't be, don't be scared of, um, letting yourself come down and going into that valley because you'll you'll be able to get back to it and, and do more later but don't don't be addicted to that peak yeah well and then another you know point on that is uh you know the what is strength is so multifaceted you know like it's not just like how much muscle do you have because but in that same context okay so somebody who's realized this peak with this amount of muscle even if they trained for the whole next year at just the bare minimum of TRT, is that person like not like uh, sports TRT, sorry. That person is going to make progress for that whole year when it comes to the muscle. 
they're going to have bigger muscles for that year. There's no way they went backwards from when they realized that strength peak. So then it, it starts coming back to training. Like what is your training actually doing at that time? Because if you're training, you're going to gain some muscle. Like I don't care what you're doing, especially on sports TRT. At that point, it becomes, you know, like what Joe's doing, where it's like, okay, we're designing the training to actually improve neurological adaptions or neurological uh, insufficiencies that you know that you have. So that then all you have to do is when you are ready to peak again, you've set yourself up with, you know, bigger abilities that you're going to finally display and your muscle already came with it. You, you see what I mean? And, and which, you know, goes, you know, how that ties into your, you know, being on trend year round. It's like, well, trend is synthetically making you, you know, or artificially making you stronger from the mental right. nervous system side of things, or, you know, unlocking a few things where it's like, now you can push harder, blah, 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 all that type of stuff. But you're not going back to the basic of training those characteristics without that assistance. So you're just, just using that as the, crutch essentially yeah it's kind of like sitting there and pressing that nos button on your car it's like okay the car is still the same car right like yeah. it's just it's an artificial yeah you, you didn't go back and tune it up you didn't go back and put bigger injectors in it you didn't do anything other than just continue to fill up that bottle of, of nitrous to to keep on going at the you know at the high speed that you want to go so it's one of those things where rebuilding is okay and rebuilding does take uh, a slightly less aggressive approach when it comes to anabolics, for sure. Uh, I, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, and that's and and that that right there. Like, I, me personally, I, you guys have we've already talked about it. We talked about it on the Mark Bell podcast. But like, I wasn't on trend for two years, but I was on trend for a year for that basic same same reason. Like it it made me feel, it wasn't so much like I was, I don't believe I was addicted to the peak, but I was, I was too scared to admit that like my, the, the nerve issue in my tricep was as bad as it was. And by being on trend, it basically like got around it and made it be, made it work better. But if you hit that NOS button over and over and over and over again, there comes a point where like, there's either no more NOS in the tank and you're not going to get anything no matter how much you press that button or other shit is going to start breaking down because you haven't laid off the gas for a second stuff like stuff is going to get worn down stuff is going to start flying off and that's that's like what i was experiencing and now and now in my own personal experience it's like i'm laying off the nos button and i'm trying to actually build it up so that when i do hit that button again in the future it goes even further and even longer and even faster. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, something like that whole, this whole concept, like, I don't know if, you know, how many people that follow us or whatever, uh, follow, uh, Broderick, but, you know, he talks about this pretty consistently quite a lot. It's just systemic fatigue. It, like that's what we're fighting at the end of the day. Like everything is going to like when it comes to drugs, drugs work, they drug, they work every damn time. The problem is we don't work like that. We don't work forever. Uh, and, and we are the things that get worn out, like our neurotransmitters, our appetite, our everything that we are about is a sick of cyclical nature. And so we are the ones that are actually getting worn out. We're the ones that are actually malfunctioning in that scenario. 
just, you know, like you mentioned, you know, the, the trend was compensating and kind of working around that. But eventually you ran out of the substances that drive your nervous system to the point where even the, you know, even the trend had diminishing returns. It's not that the trend wasn't doing what it was always going to do. It's just that you as a physical being couldn't keep up with doing that all, you know, forever. <laughs> right. Like you only have a pool of so much dopamine or so much whatever, norepinephrine, so much serotonin, so much whatever. Trend kind of stimulates all, all the above. Eventually you kind of just run out. Right. And then those receptors that are sitting on whatever, like in your brain, in your muscle, whatever, those, those are just proteins. And what happens with proteins? Proteins wear out. They, 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 they just start dwindling up. They start kind of pulling apart um, and they wear out. So it's like you, you only have so many uses. Do you really just want to blow that all in your 20s, <laughs> basically? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or just never realize a very good peak after, after one really one, two or three really solid ones. Then after that, you're, you're always like, man, I can't, how come I can't do that anymore? How come I can't do it? And then you're like, well, did you ever stop, you know, everything that we've talked about? I don't, I don't think we need to hammer it more, but it's one of those things where it's like, did you really build another trough to realize another peak? You know, that's the thing is as you get more experience, as you get better and better, you will have to spend longer and longer time kind of in a dead zone where training is the thing that is like has to be like uh how would you say fine-tuned to exactly what you're needing at that time and every time is going to be a little bit different it, it makes it you know it makes you want to and need to really love training and like the the puzzle piece yes. of like uh, the puzzle piece of of figuring it all out because you know Unfortunately, we're not all genetically gifted to the point where it's like, yeah, I've been training the same for five years and nothing slowed down. That's going to be rare. <laughs> yeah, but man, I can't agree with you more. It, it, you you, you got to like not fall in love with your your maxes or the peaks or those those big days because they're gonna they're gonna as you get stronger and stronger, they just man, they just don't come nearly as often. You have to fall in love with the process of it. You fall in love with the effort that you're giving each time that you go to the gym and, or when you go train and uh, that that's where you're really going to be able to keep, keep pushing. But if you just, if you're only there for the one rep max and, and you know, the big, the big meets and the PRs and stuff, those just, they start coming less and less and less and you're, you're not going to last very long. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I, I really, and like, like we talked about on, uh, on the Mark Bell's podcast, it was like, what, what made me run, what what would make anyone run a drug like that or chase those peaks and then what would make someone actually have to reevaluate and reevaluate after doing that for so long and i think ultimately like it comes back to like desperation or desire from the individual because like someone stays stays high stays peak stays chasing this because they want it they they want that they get addicted to it they get they get they they get so much from that reward the dopamine dump or whatever of hitting a pr then uploading it to instagram fucking having a great meet kicking ass like everybody being like you're awesome woo great good work you know they get addicted to those highs and they can't let them go so they stay high the entire time but then you either get to a point where you burn yourself out and you can't you literally just can't do it and you're like done or you have to reevaluate and figure out okay how do i 
how do I actually achieve that again through achievement, not just through like external means like drugs, trend, whatever. Or being like Larry and uploading circus lifts on Instagram. Because you could fucking think about this with with people on IG that like start doing the clout chasing type stuff. Like, like, but like, fuck. I mean, I've seen people uh, today, a bunch of individuals were uploading videos of them bench pressing people, like people like sitting, like, like uh, dip, dip position, like on oh, yeah. the bar. And everybody's like, oh, I'm benching my friends today. And that was like a little trend this afternoon or like, I guess it was like this week or something. But like, I saw two people do it today and I'm like, what the fuck? Like people just, people get addicted to, the the like the little the little rush the little dopamine rush the little pleasure like hey yeah i'm winning like people like me woo you know like and, and you yeah. just keep doing it and you do dumber and dumber and dumber shit to get it sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> um yeah i can't agree with that more i don't really like i literally just upload like dumb like my actual training which is always not very cool <laughs> so, so it's one of those things where it's like people go back and watch they're like you're doing the same shit for like 10 weeks straight i'm like yeah <laughs> and it's making me stronger <laughs> yes. yeah sometimes sometimes it's just okay to be bored Man, if you could like wrap your head around that and start making some progress yeah yeah um is there anything else that you guys wanted to address i think I think that was a good that was a good discussion today. I think that was a good topic. I don't know. I don't have anything else unless Jake, you have any. No, but I do like not for today. But I, I would really like um, both of your opinions on this. Uh, I w- I would really like to do an episode on like boosting your immune system and the you know all the factors with the immune system coming into like cold season and whatnot. Um, I mm-hmm. think that would be really cool if you guys are in for that. Oh, absolutely. If we, if we haven't been shadow banned already, that'll do, do it. it. That'll definitely make it happen. We'll start talking about ivermectin and all that. Yes, yeah. It works. Shadow banned. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I'm totally cool yeah. with that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I have I have a, a protocol, you know, that I that I use when I, you know, when that I have in my back pocket here and there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm down for that absolutely, and I think I think for for a future episode, I think, and this is really stupid. So like, tell me if you guys don't want to do it. But I had a thought today. Uh, it would be like, how would you how would you be the best that you can if you need it? Like, how if you had a, a a lifter that was like a very very great lifter, how would you make it so they were the best like power lifter or strongman or whatever possible, but they could also pass a drug test. Like oh, literally, that would be really like, fun. Like literally lay fun. it out and just think like, okay, could we do this? Maybe that would work. Oh, like yeah. Like so. Yeah. Because ah, hmm, hmm. <laughs> you really want to go there or not? Because because that would start you'd be putting a lot of secrets out there and then and then all the stupid USAPL guys that I don't know. I don't that's know. Kind of, that, that's that, the that, the only I mean, it would be awesome, but I think we should do it with a non-lifter person. A non-lifter person, just like okay, so, hey, okay, like cycling or something, or like it, archery or something. Yeah, well, yeah. not not just or not just, well. I mean, yeah, we could do we could do archery, but I'm just talking like, uh, okay, so they want to be 
the what what do you what do you call it when the, the fake natty? They want to be fake natty, okay? So they yeah. literally want to be. So all they can do is like, hey, I'm gonna get these ridiculous gains. So essentially, they're a new lifter, they're a newbie, okay? And they're gonna get all these ridiculous gains, and they're still gonna be able to be like, no, I'm completely natural. Here's my drug test. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, so they they pass like they, they, yeah. they pass yeah. a drug test and they they made all these gains and they can just say that they're natural like because that's controversial like everybody's like on the whole natty or not bullshit i think like every single youtube person ever makes videos like that yeah people love to just be like no that guy's not natty because he's better than i am yeah because the only reason why i suggest that is because when you go to drug testing like that's a thing you know that that, let's just say like that's a thing that we kind of help with sometimes or i do so it becomes more specific, like, okay, is it USAPL? Is it WADA? Is it just CrossFit? You know, and then at that point, that's what starts to drive the selections. So for, for this person, it, it's just like blanket, they're going to pass a drug test, like whatever urine test. I like that. Yeah, so. the, the one person that I won't help is someone that competes in the USAPL because you have an avenue to compete non-tested. If you want to compete non-tested, go compete non-tested. <laughs> but every other sport like that's the only sport that does that i that i can think of right that has like yeah. a non-tested and tested like so just just don't don't be a dirtbag but if yeah. you're like an olympian and everyone's doing it it's like well okay everyone's <laughs> probably doing something so no i I, okay I, I i agree with that 100 percent because it's like people are like that but that's like everybody views steroids as like cheating and it's like powerlifting is the only one where you can literally like you don't need to pass a drug test. Like there are avenues by which you can just be like, fuck it. I'm on everything. I don't give a fuck and go do it. But like, if, but if I was some, if I was some fucking guy who's like an Olympic weightlifter in fucking Bulgaria, who like, is basically like, if you, you hit this clean and jerk or we shoot your fucking kid in the head, (laughs) goddamn bet your ass. I'm going to sneak as much fucking Torina ball as I can. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, it's a little, it's a little different. But if you're in the USA and you're trying to pass a, drug, a USAPL drug test, like you're a, you're a shitty person. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're all right. just gonna go compete USAPL. <laughs> hey, the, the Virginia Pro and shit. There's money now, I guess. So I, it was like, shit. Is this fuck? I wonder if people are actually gonna start doing this now. But the, the but. three guys that run the PED podcast signed up for USAPL. <laughs> That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> we don't set on fire when we walk in. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine, dude? Can you? Jesus Christ! I can't even. They wouldn't even oh. let. They wouldn't even let. They wouldn't let any of us lift. They'd just be <laughs> like, "Oh, what are you doing?" <laughs> like, you have hey, to take you drug have, test, man. I'll take all of them. <laughs> it's like, it's like you have to you have to pee in the cup before you even start. But like when you I'll sign up, piss in the cup. You sign up. <laughs> That's hilarious. The thing is, though, with drug testing, is like you basically have all the. I think you were the one that told me this and put it this way, David. But it's like you basically have all the answers before you go into a test. You can always pass it, right? Like it doesn't matter how hard the test is. If you have the answers, it's like cool. Well, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, essentially, that's that's how it works out. Like, if you know the test, then by default, you know that you can find the answers beforehand. It that that's. You know, it's just like, okay, if somebody gave me a, just a calculus test, okay, 
but they gave me all the questions two, three, four months beforehand. I can literally just find the answers <laughs> and then just yeah. like the, 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 you know, the point of a test, like a real test is it needs to be like the non, what do you call it? Uh, non-specific or non, not, not the same, not the same, but, but by default, drug tests have to be the same. So it's literally, if you know the test, you will find the answers and then you pass the test. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's wrap this one up because this one needs to be wrapped up. But, uh, but uh, so Joe Sullivan, the AOD collective, Joe Sullivan underscore AOD on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I know. am David Herrera at uh, 1119 on Instagram. And my website for the KO Ken is DarylStrength.com. Yeah, and I'm Jake Benson um, on Instagram at JakeyB underscore 43. And I think that wraps this up. Awesome. Sweet. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for being here. And we'll catch you next week. Sweet. <laughs>